My name is Devin Roy, and I've been leading and managing teams for more than 30 years. I have expertise in coaching, interrogation, and strategy development. Most companies use a morning huddle to connect with their teams, to disseminate information, and to create alignment. I will share with you proven real-world strategies and techniques that will help you be more successful. So open your minds, listen closely. The morning huddle starts now. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Devin Roy. On the last show, we talked about leading in a post-pandemic climate. And uh, today, we're going to talk about the unintended consequences of COVID-19 relative to the labor market. I think that's gotten enough attention. Uh, in the labor market, we're all a part of it, right? So we represent supply, and companies represent demand. And due to COVID-19, there's been a extreme shift in demand, uh, which has led to many people being laid off. Or if you're like me, you've been furloughed. So um, many people will re-enter the market as the market begins to open, but many of us will remain on the sidelines. So I want to talk about that today. And joining me is Mika Dot. Thanks again for joining the show. Of course. Thank you. So Mika, I want to go through um, just a list of things I think that are important. And so First, a couple of things. First, I want to try to keep this to half an hour. So uh, if we can get to the other topic, uh, that'll be great. But I want to start with on the supply side of the labor market. Um, we, we actually live on both because we are in leadership roles, right? Right. We are not all, we're not just someone who is applying for a job per se, but we're also the hiring manager in many cases. Uh, so we operate on both sides of the ledger, but I want to start with the supply side. So how to stand out in a saturated labor market. Okay. So let's start with your resume, right? Meek, when was the last time you updated your resume? I actually updated my resume right before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's important. Uh, none of us are. Well, let me ask this question. Who, who out there is a professional resume writer? Raise your hand. Okay. So I think it's important that we get assistance from people who are professionals in this area and have them write us out a resume befitting the skills that we have. Yes. Right? Is it's that fair to say, me? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. I think it's super important. I didn't get a professional like assistance on my resume until this past year. And when I got the resume back, I was so shocked because I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many things that I didn't include that, that I could have included. And uh, it's just really important to get your resume professionally done or get assistance from someone you know who has um, professional you know, talent in that. Good. All right, uh, the second point I want to cover is be a student of the industry. Um, it's important that you continue to, uh, or that you engage yourself and immerse yourself in the industry so that uh, you can remain relevant in that way. So how are you a student of your industry? What do you do to kind of stay, how do you, how do you sharpen the star, if you will? I think, um, so we're in a retailer, so always looking at what other retailers are doing, but I think even outside of just the company that I work for, 
looking at the entire market. So like if I'm in fashion, I should know, you know, maybe the top fashion designers or what's really trending right now. So just staying on top of not only what the company is doing and the companies like them, but also like who is the customer, who's the audience, what are they talking about? Um, what are people doing that's innovative? Got it. Okay. Uh, you also, I think it's important to build your online brand. So um, how many people are on LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Um, what what are your thoughts on that? Before I move on, what are your thoughts on on those things that I just discussed? Yeah, I think that this is typically where people try to separate. People love to say like, you know, I want my personal life and I want my work life. Uh, but at the end of the day, you need to network for so many reasons. I think COVID is a great example of why you need to network and have a just a stream of people that you can contact for any reason. But it's super important to have some connection to other business professionals. Right. Absolutely. And that was my, one of my other points. Connect with people in your industry and attend conferences and trade shows. Or if there's anything online um, that you could attend, I think it's important that you immerse yourself in your field and get your name out there, become recognizable by folks who are the decision makers. Um, you might land a job that you weren't expecting to land. Acquire new skills. That's my fourth point. So stay in a learning posture until you land your dream job um, to make yourself more remarkable. How are you acquiring new skills? What are you doing, Meek? Um, the morning huddle. Is <laughs> but I think this is one of my big stands. You know, I think that staying in a learning posture is really helpful as a life skill, not just in career. It's super important that you maintain um, a student role in so many things. I think for me, it's always just talking to mentors like you, people who I've worked with in previous roles, and then also looking at what people are doing in different industries that could cross collaborate. Because sometimes we think like, oh, I'm in this industry, so I'm going to only pay attention to people in this industry. But you should be looking at other leaders across the map to see what you can gain and kind of learn so you can bring to your to your teams. Absolutely. Yeah, well said. And let's say now you got the call and they want to talk to you about the position you applied for. So preparing for the interview is very important. So you've got to do extensive research on the company and the position that you're applying for, right? Yep. Uh, review business articles about the company, study the CEO, and look at financial statements, financial records, um, talk to uh, friends that know things about the company. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on that? How do you prepare for an interview? Uh, for me, uh, everything you just said, definitely doing a lot of research. If you know people who have worked for the company or are currently working for the company, ask them the hard questions, you know, ask what they love, what they hate about the, about the company. But definitely you have to research. Someone can tell if you know nothing about the company in the conversation, even if they don't directly ask, you have to do your research. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's important that in the interview process that you try to help them understand how your skill set can benefit them, right? Do you, do you, what's your approach when you go into an interview? What, what's your thought process? I think for me, when I'm interviewing or when I'm the interviewee? When you're the interviewee. Uh, when I'm the interviewee, I'm always looking, uh, I make sure I have questions. I think that um, sometimes we go into interviews one-sided thinking like, please pick me, pick me, pick me. But I have also a set of standards and requirements that I want you to match because I want this to be a perfect fit. I'm super excited for the opportunity, but I want to make sure that I find out right at the beginning if this is as exciting as I think it's going to be. So asking yeah. questions. That's a good point. I think you have to go into an interview with leverage. 
I think we don't think we have leverage when we go into an interview. We think that um, we go into the interview with, with the posture of, please choose me. Um, I hope you, you know, select me over everyone else. Yeah. But I'm interviewing you as well if, if for the job. I, I'm interviewing you to, to see if this is a company that I really want to work for or a leader that I want to work for. Um, that's important that we go into it with our eyes wide open and in not it from a position of not having leverage or being desperate. Uh, so which brings me to my last point, don't settle. Hmm. Um, right. Big one. So many people settle. Um, we know our worth, but sometimes we will pick jobs that are beneath our worth. And consequently, we were not happy, we're not fulfilled, and we end up leaving those roles. And it, it's not good. It's not good for your resume. It's not good for anyone. Yeah. Right. So you've got to you've got to st stretch yourself at all times, even when you're trying to apply for a role. You can't say to yourself, "They're not going to choose me. I'm not qualified for that." You have to go after it. Mm -hmm. So don't settle, right, for just anything. Do not settle. I think this is so important. I feel like in order for you not to settle, you have to know who you are and who you want to be in the workplace. You know, like, are you just a worker that's taking orders and you want to just get the job done because you have other things going on, which is fine. Or do you want to be able to invoke change? Do you want to be able to, you know, promote people and promote a certain culture? You have to figure out who you want to be because if you don't know, you're going to just take anything and then find out later on, maybe it wasn't such a great fit. Absolutely. Well said. Um, so I want to go to the audience now and get some perspective from you guys. So. What are your thoughts? You are interviewing for a position. What are some of your best practices or thoughts or things you can share with others? Because again, we're all in the same position. We are, we are furloughed, we are um, laid off, whatever, whatever the situation. So share, us, share with us your nuggets of wisdom. Uh, Seneca earlier said that researching the company, how can your skill set benefit that particular company? Super great mm -hmm. point. Yeah. Know your worth. Absolutely. Do your homework. Very good. Yeah, a few people are saying do your homework about the company. You don't want to join a company and then a year from now they are filing for bankruptcy, right? Uh, you have to learn how to read a uh, financial uh, records, uh, a P&L. You need to, to look at um, how, how are they with, with cash, for example. Um, so understanding the uh, assets, liabilities, owners of equity, uh, those sorts of things is important that you, you do that so that you know if you're joining a solvent company or a company that's going to go under in a, in a few weeks. Yeah, we have a hi, my mommy's post. Make sure the new position you are applying for aligns with your expertise and it allows you to grow. Absolutely. Share how you how you can differentiate the competition. Very yeah. good. All right, let's move on to the next uh, topic, which is now we're the hiring manager. So we're on the demand side of the ledger, right? Yeah. So what's going to happen is as we return to work in that capacity, 
um, we're going to have so many applicants per per job, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to have the litters pick. So, but we want to make sure we hire the right person for the role. Yes. Right. Now we went through this uh, back in 2008. I don't know what you were doing in 2008, uh, Meek. Um, but back in 2008, when um, you know the stock market crash, housing crash, what have you, mm-hmm. we had a similar situation, right? Yep. And it caused a shift in the labor market, and we had so many people out there looking for jobs and competing. And what this tends to do is depress wages, right? Because there is an inverse relationship, not to get too wonky, between <laughs> supply and demand, right? And where they intersect is called price equilibrium. Okay, so price equ- equilibrium is what the, the market is willing to pay for the supply. Got it? Yep. Relative, relative to the demand for that particular item, which in this case is labor, us. Make sense? Yeah, makes sense. Okay. So that's something else we've got to be mindful of is how will this affect wages and wage earners? Because again, um, if it is a slow drip drip back to work, we're going to see perhaps incomes lowered as a result or stagnant, if you will, and not being indexed to um, inflation. So let's talk in in the the instance, if you're the, the hiring manager, yeah the vetting process is so important yeah you would agree definitely so you know one of the things you want to look for when you're uh, reviewing uh, um, let's say resumes you want to look for gaps in their employment um, does the applicant change jobs frequently yeah right and um, and does their experience match the role for which you are considering them so give me your thoughts on sort of your pre-interview process, if you will. Yeah, I think I definitely always do, doing that, looking for gaps in their employment. I think sometimes people come as referrals or you really, really need somebody. So we can tend to skip some of the steps and that definitely will, um, you'll find out later that that wasn't smart. So I think looking for gaps in their employment um, is a big, big thing that people miss. And then you find out later. Also, referrals. I feel like as we as as we, things get more modern, we stop calling referrals. We stop l- reaching out, and that's something I think is still super important. You want to know people who worked with someone for extended periods of time. What are their thoughts? And it doesn't mean that you won't hire them, but you want to know if their weaknesses is something that you can coach. Is you know, or is it something that you're you're working on? It's your weakness, so you're not going to be able to coach that. Right. So we call this part talent acquisition, right? And, and if we get this wrong, it could be costly for, um, for our industry, right? Because, you know, we uh, on average spend about $4,000 training people. Uh, so that's a waste, right? It's an opportunity cost. We can't afford that. Uh, if we bring in someone who's toxic, um, what message are we sending to the people who are currently under our purview? Um, so I think it's important that we get this right. So, you know, don't take shortcuts on the interview process. So let's talk about, let's say we, we selected uh, a resume. We mm-hmm. want this person potentially to be part of our team and we've, we've got to continue the vetting process. Now we're going to interview them, okay? So 
depending on the position that we're going to interview them for. Now, you know my favorite interview question, right? Yeah. For leaders. <laughs> uh, and I would like for you to indulge me and answer it in the way that you would have answered it uh, a year ago. Okay. So, um, so here's my interview question for leaders that tells me a whole lot about how they operate, how they lead, and uh, what kind of leader they are. So here we go. So, Meek, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for your interest in uh, the job at ABC Company. Um, now, I want you to think about, Meek, the person, how long you've been managing people for some time looking at your resume. Think about the person that you enjoyed leading the most, okay? How would that person describe you as a leader? They would probably say that I'm empowering, that I'm super supportive, compassionate. Got it. Those, those are great, great descriptors. So now when you think about the person on the other end of the spectrum, mm -hmm. the person that you found most challenging, and you don't have to say their name, I want you to get an image of them in your head. You got it? Yep. Okay. How would that person describe you? Uh, this person would probably say I'm targeting them, that I'm harder on them. Got it. So, okay, we can stop the role play. Now, <laughs> what do you guys think about her answers to those questions? What does it say potentially about her as a leader? Who's that? Facts, that's all me? That's on the on the top employee, that was all me. <laughs> okay. So it, it, it could be an indication that this is a leader who, you know, plays favorites, right? Um, someone who doesn't treat everyone, you know, equitable and, 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 and the same. And, and so there's some leadership gaps there with this particular person. So it's a, it's a telltale sign, if you will. So I, I might be hesitant to bring her on um, if there are other concerns as well. But so a leader who is reflective in her leadership style. And someone said some slight inconsistencies in the way she leads, which is right. That is right. the, that's the aha moment. Right. So, so, so Mick, tell me, what, what are some of your interview questions that you ask when you're interviewing someone? So, I think the first thing go forward that will be different is that I'm going to be asking people what they did during COVID and how it impacted them. Cause I want to hear, you know, if you were furloughed, what did you do? Did you do anything or did you wait in angst trying to get outside and get back to work? Did you learn anything? Or, you know, if it impacted you in a sense of like a more traumatic way where you had loss, just, I think that those questions will help me assess if we're even the right company for you based on what you need. And I think that's something that, I typically wasn't, you know, talking about in the first interview per se mm -hmm. that now I want candidates to know this is what we can do for you and this is what we cannot do for you based on what you say you need. You know, I think that's going to be really important to be transparent right up front about that. Good. Very good. I think also it's helpful that if the person is able to spend time with some of your key team, team members, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've been able to, in my past, to do that, where I would take the person and have them spend half an hour with some of my top colleagues to, so they can get a sense of who this person is and bring in more 
uh, opinions. And I, I think that's important. You know, I shouldn't be the only arbiter of who who can work here and can't. So the more people you involve, I think, um, the better. So, and I think also if you can get the person to spend time doing the job that they're mm. interviewing for, right? Yeah. Get to see them in action um, is important also. Which kind of brings me to another point. So how do we see people in action? Recruiting, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it the best way to, to, um, to vet someone? Yep. To recruit them? Yep. You know, too often we sit back and we wait for people to respond to, to ads that we put out there. Um, but the best people that I found have been people that I recruited. I saw them in action right didn't yep. know who i was they, they weren't trying to impress me um but you know we we've got to be able to to recruit and, and make that a larger part of how we acquire talent um going forward that's going to be crucial um all right so let's talk about some questions that you can ask people mm-hmm. in the interview process obviously you want them to tell about yourself and I want you guys to participate as well. If you could please type in your best interview question, but you want to know their strengths and weaknesses. You want to ask, why should I hire you? And, um, you know, why do you want to work here? If people can articulate a, a, or give you a passionate response as to why they want to work for an organization. Uh, you may want to pass them, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're not in a leadership role, what would your coworkers say about you? How would they describe you? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell me something um, you know about yourself that you've accomplished and that you're proud of. Can you explain your employment gaps if there are gaps? And, and sometimes there are reasonable explanations for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. What do you like to do outside of work? And and uh, it's important that people have aspirations outside of, of what they do here at work. What, what are some of your questions? And yeah, I think um, just to quickly uh, tell me about yourself, I think it's a hard question for people always asking, what, what do people want to hear on the opposite end of that? And what I don't want to hear is I'm such a hard worker. I'm really focused. Yeah. That is not, it's not a trick question. It really means tell me about yourself. So, you know, I often say I'm a Jamaican, I'm an actor, I love to eat. Like I'm giving you personal things that I'm okay sharing. Um, it's not a trick question to tell me, you know, the skill set that you check on LinkedIn. You know, it's not a trick question. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And some people have this very prepared script. Yes that they want to get in, irrespective to the question that you're asking, right? Yeah. And it's like you ask a question and they pivot to their script. It's like, okay, but... Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I want your authentic self uh, in this moment. And and sometimes as an interviewer, I'll I'll sort of break down those those walls and say, hey, listen, let's just just cut to the chase here for yourself and and tell me about you. Exactly. Um, we have um, Crystal said, tell me what your typical day is like in your current role. I like that. Okay. iMarshall08 said, tell me about a time that you failed at a particular task and how you would respond from that experience. Love that. I love that. Um, Jenny, what is something you overcame and are proud of? That's really good. Um, Alicia, 
what would you like to accomplish in your role you're interviewing for? That's great. Uh, hope, what is something your competition does better than you? Hmm. I think it's also important to ask, um, what's your five-year goal? What's your two-year goal? Where do you see yourself in two years, right? Yeah. Important to ask that question because if I see myself owning my own business, like some people tell me sometimes, uh, or uh, working for a different company, I need to, you know, that's me making now an informed decision if I bring you on that I know that in two years, you're going to want to do something else, right? Yeah. So also, you know, I, I, it's important to understand what do you like in conflict? Uh, tell me about a time when you had a disagreement with someone. How did you resolve that? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So I think those things are important. Um, what else do we have? We have, um, Toy says, what is your work style? Do you work better in a team or alone? Love that. And then I was scrolling up earlier. I just want to clarify when Devin was talking about his interview question, as far as your top performer, your bottom performer, and I answered two different things. That's not what would get me on Devin's team. You want your top performer, your bottom performer to describe you the same way because it shows that you have equal engagement with your entire team. So I failed Devin's question. Just <laughs> <laughs> but she was already on the team, so I, I couldn't. Thank God. <laughs> um, we have what innovations are coming down the pipeline. I like that. I'm someone who's definitely very innovative, so I'd love to hear when I'm interviewing someone, people who have done creative things in their workplace or is thinking really creatively um, in the current workplace. So. I always tell people what the issues are and I want to hear what they would say to fix them because um, that shows that you have a very innovative, creative mind, even without the training. Yeah. You know, innovation is also in terms of how interviews will look. We'll be doing them this way, right? Yeah. And, and so it's important that you prepare for the interview, not just yourself mentally, but the area and what it looks like because I'm going to judge you based on what I'm seeing. Yeah. Right? So clear the clutter, right? I had to clear some clutter this morning off the back so you guys can see it. So when you're having an interview with someone, I just lost my picture. When you're having an interview with someone um, virtually, yeah, make sure the area is commensurate to the talent that you are, right? And it sends the right message to people. Yeah, and also just also be honest, because even when we were working from home, like if you have kids in the background and you don't have a babysitter or something like that, just say it. Hey, you might hear my kids in the background. Um, right. Because we, we want to set the, we, the interviewer up for what, what your environment is like so that we don't think that you just thought, I'm not going to prepare. Very good point. So yeah, yeah. so I think we get, we've got to also you know, work on that. And, and some of us aren't comfortable you know, in front of the, the camera, right? you know, this yeah, is not the most comfortable medium for me. Um, <laughs> but you have to do what you have to do, right? Exactly. Um, I prefer to be in, in, a, in a room with people and seeing them and reading their eyes. What I can't do right now is read the eyes of the, of the 30 people who are on this, uh, this uh, podcast right now. Yeah. Right. To check for you know, and they're, they're, how they're responding to what's being said. Um, so, you know, you've got a whole different dynamic you've got to prepare yourself for. So that, that's a whole new skill set you've got to learn also. So you've got to work at it. But the more you do it, the better you, you get at it, right? 
yeah, definitely practice Zoom calls with friends and family that even will help you get comfortable. Um, but you definitely should start to do some video conferencing and FaceTimes, whatever it is that you don't usually do that involves video, start. Who is this? I did a virtual interview and put my varsity letters in the background and got the job. Okay. <laughs> Personalization. It's really important that you personalize and you show your personality. Um, not that you try to be extra, but that you just show someone a little bit of who you are, especially virtually because it's harder than in person. Yeah. It's not why you got the job, but it definitely is part of the context, right? Um, you know, you have to sell yourself and putting that in the background just reinforced whatever you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good one. So what, what other concerns do you, you guys have about um, the labor market? And like I said, we're starting to, we work in New York City and it's starting to reopen. I think uh, the middle of June is when we're gonna start to reopen. Yeah. Uh, we're anticipating uh, people will be going back to work, not in mass, but uh, perhaps at a 25% level and it'll start to increase relative to how people shop. So the shopping behaviors of people will, will determine that. Um, so what other concerns or questions, questions do you guys have about how to survive this labor market? Yeah, I anticipate too, Devin, that there will mm -hmm. be a lot of jumping ship. Uh, you know, just yeah. I think people are reassessing essential and reassessing, you know, what, what it is they want to do should this happen again. What's, what, what's, what's the, the best, best area? Areas? What's the best area in business to manage? I'm in operations and it's hectic. You know, that I here's how I would answer the question. Um, you know, it's not about the position first let me answer it this way uh i've been in operations i've been in asset protection i've been in merchandising i've been store manager i've been a, a, a regional a district operations now, i've done a lot of different things for me it's not about the, the position it's about the people um right it's about the people that i'm leading and so that's that's where my passion is so it doesn't matter the job i'm doing per se uh, but if I'm leading others, that's I, I get the enjoyment out of that, if that makes sense. So it, it's hard to answer a question of which job is better. It really depends on uh, your passions, your skill sets. I loved operations. I loved loss prevention for different reasons. Uh, but the most enjoyable thing is the interaction with people and, and being able to help and develop people. Yeah, I feel like the way that you choose is about you have to weigh what is the thing that you you want to do. Like for me, I like to work in jobs that I feel a big portion of the job comes naturally to me. It naturally motivates me to do it. I can do it all day long, like talking to people. So for me, it's like, okay, most of the work that I do, I do it. I can do it with my eyes closed. And then or other portion of the work takes skill and development so that's how i choose but everyone has to figure out what part of of work do you want to um be working at and what part of it you just do naturally yeah and sometimes a job is a is a, a means to an end yeah you may not be in the job you want now but it helps you get to the job that that, that you do want eventually right 
Um, I, when I was in loss prevention, I wanted to, to be in operations. And I got that job, right? And then when I was in operations, I wanted to be a store manager. And, uh, you know, and I got that. So, you know, for me, it's about how does the job you're in set you up for the job that you really want, right? Right. And uh, people would ask me in interviews, for example, you know, why are you the right person? And I would always say that everything I've done in my past has prepared me for this role, you know, and that's how I look at it. So they were building blocks or stepping stones to getting me to that next, you know, eventuality. Yeah, I feel like the question that I always get is, um, like, why would you be right for it? And I always say the problems you have, I can fix because I always apply for positions where whatever the issue was, was related to people. And I'm like, oh, I can fix that. Cause like, I'm a people person. So the thing that they yeah. were like falling apart at was like the thing I did naturally. So I knew this is the job that I can do and I can do it well. Some people say to me sometimes like, oh, I want this role because it's gonna be a challenge. And I always tell people when I'm interviewing them, you do, it's enough challenge to enter a new team in a new environment with new people. You don't need more of a challenge than that or you're gonna overwhelm yourself and you're going to fail at the job. So people have this like misconception of like, oh, I can do things I've never done before because it's a challenge. It's like, no, that does not mean you're going to be successful. Yeah. You're, you're going to be frustrated. <laughs> exactly. Because there's a difference between talents and skills, right? Right. So talents are things that you are innately good at and then skills are things that you learn over time. So um, you should always lead with your talents. That's That's how people are successful when they lean into their talents. Someone said, um, okay, Mo said, the hardest question I've been asked in an interview was what's the first rule of management? And I still don't know what's the answer. <laughs> so, say it again. What's the first rule of management and what? Um, they were just saying, and they still don't know the answer. <laughs> there is not a correct answer. And people uh, who pretend to have all the answers um, are not the kind of person that I want to work for. Um, the first rule of management. Um, to know that you don't have all the answers, I think, is the first rule of management. Um, you know, I'm not sitting on this podcast pretending that I have all the answers. I'm offering suggestions and I'm asking for your suggestions. I've learned something today from you guys. And that's exciting for me because I'm more of a learner than I am a teacher, right? So, so that's, what, that's what this is all about for me. What, you disagree with that? <laughs> I mean, maybe because uh, of how I view you, you know, so for me, I'm yeah. learning from you. But I, I enter every situation with a learner's ear, okay? I'm going in with, 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 with experience and facts and things I know, but I'm also thinking, what am I going to learn from this experience? Um, and, and it's similar to coaching. I don't, I don't want to get into coaching right now, but when we coach people, we have to coach them with the understanding that we're going to learn something from this person today, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it's important that, that we, we, we approach things from a learning posture, even when we're leading. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I think, okay, Mo said, he said there was a specific answer. I feel as I have grown in my career and I understand my worth, like I know when I'm in an interview with a bad interviewer. And I also mm. feel like it's really important as leaders that we, when we're prepping people for interviews, you tell them you might have someone who is not a good interviewer. 
And that's not something we learned early on. Like some people mm-hmm. do not interview people well, and you have to be able to sell yourself anyway if it's a position that is crucial that you get. Well said. Yeah, but I don't think there's one answer to that question. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, and and it's it's about you know the most transferable skill that one can possess is leadership, right? And it's something I always say when I'm either being interviewed or interviewing someone, um, that no matter what, if I can lead others, then I can enter into maybe a different field. When I was, for example, here's why I brought that up. When I was a loss prevention manager, someone said to me, um, whom I consider my mentor, Hey, you want to be a merchandising manager? <laughs> okay. Now, I can interrogate people. I can do investigations. I can do a lot of things. But I had no idea how to merchandise. Um, but I said to myself, the most transferable skill that I do have is leadership. Yeah. Right? And as a result, you know, I was successful in that role because that's how I approached it. And I was working for people that knew more about the job than I did. And I was okay with that. That's always me. Yeah. Right. And that's analogous to new people who enter the workforce and are managing people that are twice their age sometimes. And, and they want to come in as if they have all the answers and they don't. They're working with people that know more than they do. And so it's okay. It's okay to be in that role and, and be in that position and to be vulnerable in that moment. But you just have to be a leader. And what leaders do is they lead with two ears and one heart, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to be, you have to be empathetic. You have to listen to people. You have to treat them like, like individuals. You have to know their stories. You have to help them get to where they're going. Um, and then in the process, learn from them as well. Learn through osmosis. And that's the best thing a leader can do. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Okay. All right, I think we're, we're running a little bit over on time here, but that's okay. I think we uh, covered some really good points. Yeah. Um, so anything else on your mind today, guys? Uh, if not, we'll wrap up. Great, Great conversation. Thank, Thank you. you very much. So just to, um, to, to recap a couple of things. Yeah. Um, taking, we're going to do the uh, podcast every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 11 o'clock going forward. Um, we're going to take Monday off because it's Memorial Day. Uh, we'll return on Wednesday with my mommy's post. Sorry, my mommy's post. Uh, and great conversation, my mommy's post right there, you see. We'll be on uh, with my mommy's post on Wednesday at 11 o'clock. And then Friday with uh, Devin Roy II, a week from this Friday. Uh, and the topic for next week is leadership identity. Now, there's a podcast out there that you want to check out before uh, next week. It's called Leadership Identity. Just go to themorninghuddle.com and, and check out the podcast, or you can find it on YouTube, whichever way you choose to listen to it. Also, um, check out my book called The Anatomy of a Coaching Conversation. Uh, it's a great read, uh, if I say so myself. It's only $4.99, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> pick up The Anatomy of a Coaching Conversation. What it does, it takes traditional coaching models and combines it with interrogation techniques. And so it's teaching you how to do both things. Um, So check it out. And I thank you guys for joining the Morning Huddle. I hope you've been enriched by what you've heard. So take care, everyone.
Thanks, Mick. Bye. Thank you.